we're back on another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek. And uh, today we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery's uh, mid-season forest. I go, and I'm uh, joined with by Trekker Prize. I haven't seen in a long time. Hello, Trekker Prize. Hello. Good to be back. Gary, Gary. <laughs> also known as Gary, the Trekker Prize. Or you're Gary, and you're also known as Trekker Prize is actually probably the more appropriate way to say it. It's a bit bibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. <laughs> <laughs> as always, hey, are you excited about uh, the Christmas special for Doctor Who? I know we're, we're talking about Star Trek here, but since I... I know you cover uh, Doctor Who on your uh, on your channel, so I was wondering what what your thoughts yeah, were, real quick. I, I I'm really excited and I'm I'm really afraid because and I'm really sad because we're gonna lose Peter Capaldi um, as the third as the twelfth Doctor and and I think he was just brilliant. But I'm looking forward to it because I think it will be an epic episode and um, I'm a bit scared because we're gonna get a new Doctor again and we have to get used to her. Um, so. And that's the other thing we have to get used to her, which is very exciting. Exactly. That's a very but first I'm I'm, to- I'm totally supporting the idea. I think it's time to have a female doctor. Yeah, I think it's time. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, it, it will be it will be hard for a lot of fans actually to you know get into the habit to have a lady in the TARDIS, but I think it will be fine. And you know what? That's a natural like uh, you know. Uh, this is how humans are going to evolve into the into the amazing humans of that are depicted in Star Trek. So, yeah. uh, you know, one step at a time, one one you know one little one little push forward at a time. And so basically, we'll Jodie Whittaker will be the Jane Bay <laughs> of the Doctor Who universe. <laughs> it's true. I know. It's so true. I feel that even though it is great that the Doctor. Um, is a uh, uh, is going to be played by a female actress, um, and that the character is going to be uh, a different gender. Um, I do feel that like it shouldn't be a big deal, like as as big a deal as it is, because first of all, we should be more involved than that, and also it's already been established like way long ago that time lords can uh, regenerate into anything they want to. So just about anything they want to. So it's. N- like oh my gosh what's happening you know like <laughs> but it is it is still so that exciting. actually makes a really interesting point because um maybe we can find out jim the fish was actually a time lord and that's why the doctor was hanging out with him too much <laughs> <laughs> i wish the uh, doctor was here right? well he's actually disengaged from the fandom oh i think it has nothing to do with jody whittaker it has i think he's just tired of uh of uh I think it was very disappointing for him the last uh, the last couple of seasons of Doctor Who. So maybe maybe he'll come back for Jodie Whittaker. I have a feeling he'll watch uh, in secret and not. But just one, so. just to go back to the original topic, um, I've been a tiny bit disappointed in in Discovery as well. So um, <laughs> yes, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of yeah. I kind of nice, can, I nice can feel I kind of can feel the where the doctor coming from. So nice segue back into uh, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, when was the last time you saw this episode, uh, which is called Into the Forest I Go? Uh, just right after the day when they released it. 
seen it since then. Have you? So you've had a lot. I haven't of seen any of the episodes ever since then. Oh wow! <laughs> I only watched them once. Actually, no, I'm lying because I only watched the first episode twice. Um, that's because we did the collaboration with Sean um, at the really first time. So, yeah, that's the only episode that I watched. The first half of the pilot twice. Nothing else. <laughs> so that tells wow. a lot. Already. <laughs> There's the Orwell that well, I, I watch it. every episode at least two, three times ever since, well, between two episodes. Like, one episode comes out, watch it in the day or the day after, and then, then two, three times in, during the week. Because I just can't get enough from it. <laughs> we discover it once, then it's enough. Oh, man. <laughs> Put it on the shelf. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hopefully... I know it's really, really harsh. It's really harsh for me, coming from a guy who likes and loves Star Trek for 20, 20 plus years, um, and, you know, from A to Z. But Discovery is, is somewhat, I don't know. It's in a in a bookcase, but it's in a different shelf. <laughs> I, I I feel it's pretty rough for me as a fan, um, but it was also just rough in general. Like I'm trying to look at it as um as uh, you know objectively objectively as I always get subjective, and no, I don't always get it. <laughs> confused but i do i'm getting it confused now anyways it was objective i try to be as objective as possible and even and even distancing myself from the personal nature of of my feelings for star trek i still think that the first season is rough but i'm willing to give it a chance still because uh it was pretty rough and i i love tng so who knows although you know when i did see and i and i and i have to admit like I'm not one of those Star Trek fans that just blindly watches everything. As you and the audience who's been listening to this show know, I don't even remember most of Star Trek Voyager. I didn't even watch all of it. Uh, Enterprise, I watched Jane, and I didn't really like it. So really, the only shows <laughs> that I really loved are the original series, Next Generation, and Deep Space Nine. So I have given Enterprise another chance. I've been watching it on Netflix, and I actually love it. So maybe in a few years, when I revisit uh, Chapter 1 of uh, Star Trek Discovery, I'll like it a lot more uh, than I do right now. But as it stands, no secret... Um, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm struggling to uh, to love <laughs> Star Trek Discovery, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't win everybody over. And certainly, what I am happy to hear is that there is a chapter two coming up, but also that there's a second season because <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> only because you can only get <laughs> you can the show can only get get better. We hope. If it gets worse, it's gonna get canceled for sure. <laughs> like, you know, more, it's like you determine season two. It's just like, oh, thank you guys, no, we know more. <laughs> no, it, it's got to get better. It can only get better. And and now that the Klingon thing is where I think we can move past it, hopefully, and start exploring and being explorers again in in the uh, prime timeline, which is where the discovery is now, but we'll talk more about that. <laughs> you know, we should, we should save this part of the conversation for a mid-season breakdown or, or I think discussions we or something, whatever. Yeah, we can go over it again, but <clears throat> Gary, why don't, <laughs> why don't you give the episode summary and make it as uh, uh, your challenges to make it as brief as possible that's what i've been trying to do well it's gonna be really brief as possible really brief because i don't even remember the last episode so <laughs> just briefly yeah. help you out i'll help you out go go ahead okay okay okay, okay. I, I can I, I, I think i can do that so basically um the discovery is still in 
orbiting around planet Pavo, and um, they waiting. Well, the Klingon ship approached you already. Yes. Right. So, oh, yes. so what happened? So what? what happened, no, they waiting for the. What what happened is at the end of the last episode, the Pavins decide. You see, it to made get... a big impact on me. <laughs> The Pavins decide that they're going to get involved, and so they send out, instead of broadcasting the music of Pavo, they decide to broadcast instead a signal only on two frequencies. That's Starfleet frequency and Klingon frequencies. So this attracts the attention of the Klingon ship. Uh, the What's it called? The Sarcophagus? Ship of the Dead. The Ship of the Dead. Arr, Pirates of the Caribbean. Anyways, oh, that is what it is. Yeah, it is. Well, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically the two ships confront each other. Um, and um, Wait, wait, wait. First, Starfleet's like, get your ass back to Starbase 46. Oh, yeah, they, they want to want to have um, Discovery back in, in safe territory. Um, but then that would mean, actually, they uh, the Klingons will destroy Pavo, and Pavo is defenseless, and Discovery is the only line uh, in defense. And... Um, so, so they come up with a Captain Loco decides not to use a sport drive, just go back yeah, yeah. Uh, in with warp speed, um, which takes a couple of hours, so they have time to figure out um, how they can actually solve the situation around Planet Pavo. Um, in the discovery, almost said Enterprise. In the discovery, <laughs> they um, they come up with the plan as uh, they have to do 130 something micro jumps to. Uh, yeah. So they they. They come up with an idea that, like, apparently they there's they don't pavo anymore to unclo you know to discover where the cloaked ships are. If they do, if they put sensors on board this Klingon ship and then do 133 jumps around the ship to scan it, they can. There's an algorithm that can calculate where a cloaked vessel is, even though. They're able to detect the energy signature of a cloaked ship because uh, Ensign Reese or uh, Commander Reese or whatever his uh, rank is, <laughs> Lieutenant Reese, says warping away just before, just after they concoct this idea. Um, uh, Lieutenant Reese <laughs> says, Captain, we're detecting the energy signature of a cloaked Klingon vessel entering orbit around Pavo. Which is already a contradiction if they can detect the cloaked ship coming to power, but they can detect the bloody ship. We can detect so the idiot? energy signal. Oh gosh. Oh, that, oh. So anyway, we have to come back to Yes, we do have to come back to this. So the I mean, that's it. The discussion can end right there to show how... Well, in a way, no, well, yeah. We can just go right into it. <laughs> Anyways, the discovery, just... the, the, <laughs> the discovery jumps back, and uh, they're ready to execute the plan. And Tyler suggests Burnham, and then there's a little part, a little conflict between Burnham and the captain because the captain doesn't want Burnham to go on dangerous missions. He's always like trying to protect her for some strange reason that we still don't know the answer to. Mm. And uh, but he's willing to sacrifice everyone else. He doesn't really care. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, so... it's like where the whole ship can go down. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Burnham convinces him that she's the only person who really knows that ship. So they beam over to plant these sensors on the the death ship and uh 
while they detect another federation another human life sign and they find out that admiral cornwall is still alive and uh tyler freaks and he sees laurel and there's this whole um disorder sequence and tyler becomes useless for a second Anyways, Brynham goes back to the bridge, and the Klingons are about to uh, leave, so she decides, since the Discovery's mission isn't over, um, she decides to reveal herself to buy more time, and she fights with Cole, and eventually uh, uh, is able to distract him with enough time to complete the mission with the Discovery. What is it? They scan, they scan the, the ship. They beam Burnham, Cornwall... Tyler and Laurel. <laughs> Before they destroy the them. death, <laughs> destroy the death ship and Cole, and then everything's over, and we have a little like rap, you know, like a kind of like an end note, like an epilogue where Burnham and Tyler uh, talk about his uh, captivity and uh, and how he survived. Um. <clears throat> And Stamets uh, and Lorca have one discu- have a discussion about how uh, Stamets has to stop jumping, you know, using the, the uh, he has to stop being the spore captain or the sp- the spore navigator, and uh, <laughs> and, and so he's just going to do one more jump, and uh, we get uh, Tyler and Laurel having a very suspicious scene together. And then finally, that one last jump, we see that Captain Lorca initiates his own override and something happens. And now the discovery is in another place, which we think might be another dimension. And no one knows where they are. And there's debris. And that's it. It's over. Yeah, it's over. We have to wait till January to find out where Jan- the hell are they. <laughs> Janu- January 7th. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so last time we did something, um, we started something a little bit different and new. Um, we just started to talk about Doctor Who. Uh, I think that's quite different. <laughs> <laughs> now go on. Well, we did this thing where it was like stuff we like, stuff we didn't like, um, anything that's like kind of. Uh, 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 how it all ties into the Star Trek universe, um, stuff we didn't understand. And then this week I'm going to do some speculation. I have some topics for speculation. Nice. And then any, and we'll talk about some mysteries maybe, and then give it our ratings. What do you think? Good, good agenda. (laughs) So, (laughs) all right, well, let's start on a positive note. Let's start with the stuff that we did not like. (laughs) What did you not like about this episode? Um, I didn't like it left me confused <laughs> in a way like uh, no, I, I don't know actually if there was I mean there was quite a few things that didn't really make sense I mean just talking about the uh, Klingon detected the Klingon cloak ship and then what why do you have to detect the ship and get the frequency when you already detected it so that's right. kind of a bummer well it's a little strange like i don't i maybe you know we can techno let's do a little techno discussion about this because um um 
clearly in the episode, I, I actually rewound the scene just to make sure I heard it correctly. He says, we're detecting the energy signature of a cloaked... Not only can they detect this energy signal, but they know that it's a Klingon energy signal and that the vessel is cloaked. So it's like a little confusing mm. because it's like you basically know that there's a cloaked vessel within within reach. And traditionally, a cloak is a cloak. Like you don't energy signal, you don't know anything. <laughs> only the only thing was in Star Trek Six because it was an older model bird of prey. Apparently, uh, it gave off gaseous anomalies. But <laughs> at this point in the universe, like there's no gaseous anomalies, uh, and they haven't, you know, come up with that plan yet. So the only the only way you would know is that the one technology was at this time. Uh, the cloaking screens you have to actually uncloak in order to fire upon your enemy yeah it's a bit cloak so it was a little confusing that that was the case and then you know they they spent last episode with such an emphasis about how the big deal the uh transmitter was and how how important it was and how it's going to be the crucial thing to end the war because it'll allow the federation to detect uh cloaked vessels like a like a sonar you know so again this is one of the things about discovery that i think is probably not frustrating to everyone but to people who are like myself uh that are like into the technology and the science it just you know it just doesn't seem like they have a very um the writers are not interested i think in keeping continuity technology in the science and that's pretty clear because even the special effects like are so all over the place like you know nothing really is very consistent however i will say that the shot in this episode in the beginning of the episode with the discovery orbiting the planet was really pretty and it actually looked good in terms of this it was one of the first instances i thought that beautiful and um i I, I totally agree with you i mean the visuals uh, in this episode particularly it was it was i think it was uh, breathtaking at times but at at other times it was not like sometimes the discovery looks like a toy or like you know like for example when the uh klingon ship first starts firing in the discovery some of the renders in that don't look as, as polished and it looked as though they were playing with models like act, you know like little toys or whatever so i don't know it, it just goes back and forth i think if you're going to use uh cg technology you can use like really wide angle lens you know fake lenses because it's obviously computer generated or like you know do some really tight what's that gary oh we lost gary hello Gary, I'm gonna try to bring him back here. All right, let's in- re-invite Tracker Fries. <laughs> well audience as you know <laughs> i'll take this moment to say uh sometimes we have uh, technical issues that's the nature of the world we live in uh but while we're here if you have a chance go check out trekker prizes channel um and also uh if you haven't already 
you stay, um, you know, uh, apprised of what we're doing here on Starfleet Boy, please subscribe here. And you can find us on Twitter as well. And uh, we love uh, to hear from you. So uh, your thoughts are welcome and what you think of this episode. So hopefully Gary will come back in just a minute. In the meantime, let's go here. Yay! Hello. As Hello, hello, hello. He just left. <laughs> he dropped out. You know, I don't know if any of you in the audience uh, is in retrograde, and that would explain some of the technological issues that we're having. If you uh, if you uh, acknowledge, grade causes problems with technology. Does look like encounter point. It, it does, right? <laughs> encounter far point. I don't. I'm not sure. Hey, you're back. What's going on over there on in, on the other side of the pond? Uh, you're hello. This is like your technology suddenly. You know what you can do? No. You can just go to. Do the audio only, see if that fixes it. Audio only? A little... I mean, I'll be talking to an icon, but at least the uh, the audience will be able to hear you. So if you go to your... Um, up, up to your little control panel at the top, you can turn the camera off. I did. So you can't see Oh, there you anymore. go, see? <laughs> You're much better now. Let's see if it oh, stays okay. that way. Okay, let's let's go that way. <laughs> you see what that, you see should I go to that too? Let's see, it'll be Starfleet Boy. Let's see what it looks like. Oh look, it's Starfleet like Boy you, special. Ooh. <laughs> you just see icons going back. This is forth. actually this is actually better because most of the podcasts uh, are there 
post podcasters out there don't use any uh, live footage, so some of them just have like a still image and that's it. You just listen, literally just listen to the podcast. So, I want to take this moment to say that <laughs> the logos that you're seeing are both designed by Trekker Prize. Yeah, even even my well, it's it's a little teaser, but it's gonna be refreshed uh, soon. Mine, oh. um, but I have a little visual visual revamp as well in part of the hiatus <laughs> channel uh, <laughs> progression um, review month so yeah some pretty interesting interesting stuff gonna come in January so stay tuned most, <laughs> most intriguing it's kind of actually uh, there's something uh, liberating about not having to worry about how you look on screen you see <laughs> this is actually hilarious I think I think we should stick with that for a while <laughs> I think I think it looks like two computers talking to each other, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious. Anyways, if it helps, I, I, could, I could be M5 and you can be the Enterprise D oh, computer core. Thank you. <laughs> there like you that. go. <laughs> Warning. Warning. Entering Pavo. Okay. Anyways, uh, so we were talking about Working. where where were we? <laughs> what were we just talking about before you blooped out? Do you remember? Um, I think we were. Ta- oh, I remember. We were talking about the um, the special effects and how they look pretty good um, in this episode. Uh, the other thing that I really yeah. liked about this episode actually was the. Uh, um, uh, well, we're talking about stuff we don't. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, well, I have to change the now. <laughs> so they mentioned that the Klingon ship could single-handedly destroy the planet Pavo, and I'm wondering like what that actually means because. That's a that's that's like it takes a lot to destroy a planet. They've already kind of um, there's very few ships that can actually do it. Even a Borg cube can cut out like a whole city, but you know even the Narada wasn't able to destroy the the city. I mean the city of the planet. The Narada from Star Trek Nine. I mean oh Star yeah, Trek you're right. Nine. Um, if you remember, they just dig a hole in the planet and they just uh, throw dark matter in it. So. Um, I don't even know. I think apart from the Doomsday Machine, there's no such a power that can actually um, destroy a planet. Right. Or the Zindi Weapon, maybe. Yeah, the Zindi Weapon and the Doomsday Machine. I mean, one thing that I could think of, and maybe this is probably, we can just settle that that's what the um, the show is saying, is that like if the Klingon ship at this time in you know in star trek history supposedly nuclear weapons are banned but as we know from the original series there are times where nuclear weapons were used i think the romulans used uh nuclear warheads um in that episode uh balance of terror uh if i'm not mistaken anyways uh so one thing that could be is that the uh, one thing it could be referring to is that the klingon ship perhaps has enough nuclear warheads to out that would essentially destroy the planet it wouldn't be like a physical destruction like the death star destroying a planet but it would definitely be an eradication of life and uh and make it inhospitable so i guess that's you know we could just kind of give them that right (laughs) but i still didn't like that give them that yes (laughs) (laughs) um i still didn't like it i just thought it was like well, well you know just say that they could i don't know Maybe it. Maybe I'm just being too nitpicky. Okay, the one thing that I, I have to nitpick on, and I and I didn't understand, and I still don't understand, and I kind of, kind of 
don't like in a way um, is the uh, admiral, the, the walking admiral, who comes in in the first scene, the first um, half of the episode as a hologram, and then in the end of the episode, he's talking through a Skype camera. <laughs> what happened with the technology suddenly? Just when it disappeared, or the um, sensors are down, or I don't know. They Sport ran, Drive made it ran, impossible to use it. They ran out of budget, but um, but I guess that would actually, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would actually, um, that would actually give uh, credence to the argument that some uh, some fans have made that the reason why the um, the holographic technology works is because. Like that, it's okay to have it on discoveries because maybe it's not reliable and they abandon it later on. So this could probably be an argument for that. So, <laughs> yay! Star Trek Discovery is finally uh, getting back to its roots. <laughs> but I didn't even notice that. So that's a pretty interesting catch. Um, let's see. We, I don't know. Uh, in our last discussion when I was talking with Sean, I said that it was kind of like weird, you know, the scene where Captain uh, Admiral Cornwall gets electrocuted. First of all, Laurel doesn't get electrocuted and she's holding uh, the Admiral in that scene. So maybe Klingons um, are unaffected by the electricity on their ship or whatever, but who knows? I thought it was, I thought it was interesting and strange that the Klingons didn't care that she's still alive um, because obviously if uh, Burnham was able to detect uh, a human life form then surely the technicians on board the um, the Klingon ship were able to detect that um, Admiral Cornwall was still alive so it was interesting I don't know if they just didn't care or or what but in in what I expect from a Klingon is that a you know if you have a that's an admiral that's alive then you would be interrogating them or using them to uh, your advantage um, so it was just a little strange uh, <laughs> yeah. see Admiral Cornwall alive because I do like the performance that that actress gives I do like the admiral I think she's interesting because she does uh, question Lorca and she's a friend of his but yet she's also very suspicious of him and so that makes us the audience suspicious of Lorca and actually our suspicions seem to be proven in this episode so I like that part about it that um I don't know that the other thing I didn't like and I don't know what you think of this is that or was just a very weak um plot line for me like i didn't feel like the show really spent any time with the klingon war um there were no one thing that would have been interesting is that if at some point along the first nine episodes here we would have had like another engagement or battle like possibly with several starships not just the one from the previous episode with the gagarin but i mean like you know another fleet something like that i mean it, you just didn't get yeah. the sense that a war was actually happening it would have been neat to see some of the front line um mm. fighting uh we do get that little bit on the dilithium you know but at the same time that also again just just not really not really like exciting like i don't know the battles were not exciting at all like none of the battles actually were very exciting this battle was a little bit exciting but <laughs> it there was just go. it was just uh overall i just felt like in that 
in, in conveying or giving you a feeling of war. Because, like, when you're on these war patrols, granted, the Discovery is special and she's a ship that can, you know, jump in and out. But you would have, like, patrols. You would actually have, like, patrols of several ships, like, you know, monitoring the border and, like, you know, engaging in conflicts and things like that. And you hear constantly about all this loss of life, but you don't really see it um, very often. Um, so I just thought that that. The way that they're saying, oh, we destroyed the the sarcophagus ship. Now the war's practically over. That's it. Yay. You know, it's which like... Is, which is kind of false. And um, the other thing is that I, I just... Obviously, that's not um, the problem of... of um, well, it's a problem of storytelling, but it's a problem of um, the shortage of the uh, first chapter and the season itself. Because if you remember um, the Dominion War, the Dom- you, you could feel almost in every episode, okay, you're in war, and even you had like funny episodes and then light episodes, you still got reminded, okay, there's still a war going on, and there's uh, casualties, and there's ships missing and disappearing and, and destroying and everything. But um, that because in that case, you had so much time to to actually explore this side of, uh, of the series. In defense of Discovery, they didn't really get this much time to... Um, to stress on more on the uh, subject of the war, I mean that's but when, that's just my opinion. But when I look <laughs> when I look back at this like chapter one as it's being called, like what actually happened, and my overall feeling is that nothing happened. <laughs> Like you have, you have like this awesome ideas that are these awesome ideas. Okay, so here's here's something. Uh, could have been more emphasized or like the payoff could have been better you have burnham who is a decorated uh starfleet commander and uh who falls from grace and now this is the moment this last episode the this mission that she's on should have been the moment where she's able to redeem herself and she actually does she actually does do a good job i mean like the admiral even witnesses this you know i mean like you can't tell me that the admiral who was against her in a few episodes ago now she's here and she's and, mm. and burnham's like i'm not gonna leave anyone behind and the way she you know is just so brave and she's like you know the mission's pretty much um because tyler has his uh his uh ptsd episode and so yet she's like no i have to i have to see this through that's so admirable that tells you that like this is a person who may have been wrongly accused so we get no at like yes we as the audience are seeing it but like i wonder if starfleet really cares <laughs> or if anyone yeah. really cares um and i think that would have been there would have been nice to just have one scene something at the end you know because we know the admiral came aboard the ship and then was shuttled you know in an emergency shuttle but it would have been neat if while she's being you know prepared for the uh, shuttle that like maybe the admiral could have said burnham like i'm going to review your case like what you did today exceptional something like that it would have been a nice little payoff um and maybe that'll still come i don't know but um it seems like we're going in a whole different direction after this episode we're probably going to spend chapter two in another because they can't unless they like solve the problem in one episode which i feel like that would be against the idea of a serialized show i think they they would want to spend maybe five or three or four episodes in this uh, other dimension um, so that was something that I that I didn't think was good about 
you know, the season. And I guess we could talk more about that on a, like a season recap, but, um, oh, yeah. but yeah, what did you think? On what? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about like the Burnham? Pa- do you, do you see what I'm I, saying? I, like, I, yeah. It was a bit weird because uh, I keep thinking about the last scene when the, she blows up and basically she's on the bridge and she's looking down to Captain Philippa's, um, um, Com badge, and having this whole, um, you know, the Klingon ship is destroying, and and she's there, and then I don't know. It, I felt she wasn't, she wasn't really satisfied with this whole thing because that should have happened anyway. I think in a way, uh, because you know, she was the cause of this war, and because of her, a lot of life and ended um, Philippa as well, and I don't think. Personally, I don't think uh, we're gonna see any, let's say, positive outcome in her case because she ended a lot of life uh, starting this war with the Klingons unintentionally, and um, I don't know. It's 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 a bit weird, but I don't think I have a feeling we're not gonna get like a happy ending uh, with her story. I mean that that might be the case, and you're probably right, but it's just a shame because I think that like. Um, part of, I don't know, I guess I kind of expected uh, more of a redemption because I do want to see Burnham redeemed. I think she's a good person and I don't think that... She's a good person. Yeah. That's absolutely, I mean, I have no doubt about that. But as a as a professional, as a Starfleet officer, I think um, her her entire career, her career path is, yeah, her is career. over. But maybe she could become a boomer. Who knows? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, discover and, and make bargains with Harry Mudd. <laughs> so that's about what. What's good is that's about the only things that I uh, didn't like about the episode. I actually liked a lot more about this episode in particular. You know, with by itself, the episode had a lot of good things. Like I really love the pacing. Mm-hmm. of the episode i thought it was like very cinematic and a lot more cohesive than than some of the other episodes we've been seeing yeah um the music pheno- was phenomenal I, I think the music is a big win for the series in general i think that they should definitely keep uh jeff russo on board even though um he might be uh taking inspiration from other sources because i definitely detect a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of similarities to the score yeah. of Battlestar galactica and as you know some other things that we've seen <laughs> yes but, it, <laughs> but overall overall it's working um i thought the cinematography was somehow more exceptional in this episode uh again the effects even though they weren't perfect were a little bit better um the ships seemed more like ships and majestic instead of just seeing them quickly you know on screen earlier the discovery is definitely growing on me um i didn't like the design of the discovery from the beginning from the teasers uh way back uh you know last year and um as footage or whatever and but now i'm starting to i'm starting to like get used to it i might even have to buy the model how i get to see what the ship is all about (laughs) unless they make Mm -hmm. like a who is the engineer? I don't think we've even still met the 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 chief engineer. Is it Stamets? It's not him, right? I don't think it's him. He's more of a science officer, and he's basically part of the engineering team. But I don't think he's the main engineer. I don't think oh, he's the main. Oh man! 
we got introduced a lot of characters at the really beginning uh, that we didn't even see in Discovery, and they actually got killed in the first two episodes. I just did something so stupid. We have to apologize to Sean on the air because <laughs> because it's true. We were supposed to record this tomorrow. I thought about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are apologizing to you on air. Well, that's good. He can be a part of the season, uh, the chapter one recap. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean. We can we can do that next time tomorrow. <laughs> oh man! <As> planned. <laughs> and... <laughs> Gary, you were right. All right, audience. Just to show you how disorganized I am as a host, I people wrong. <laughs> but he's good. But he's good. <laughs> it's good we got it we got it out of the way <laughs> we got the we got this episode out of the way and if you guys actually sean did a really comprehensive um a comprehensive uh review with uh, easter eggs although there weren't that many easter eggs on his channel and gary did a comprehensive review on his channel so go check both of those out at trekker prize and trek on the tube so well gary gary aka trekker prize did a really um discouraging review <laughs> on the episode uh and but sean really did a really good job with it honestly so um if anyone has a chance to check out trek on the tube um He's my after track. I always refer him as a, as my after track because I don't watch the show after track just after discovery. Um, but I always watch his reviews because I do a reaction and I and I sort of share my ideas and, and thoughts about what I like and don't like. But he does a really good job analyzing the episode. So go and check him out. <laughs> very good, very proper. All right, I just uh, I just got clearance from Sean. He's all good. Noah here and that's totally expected <laughs> i think he's realized after getting to know me a little bit that uh sometimes i i you know what happened gary i was uh traveling through the mycelial network and i was in you know all over space and time and uh you know i lost track of of days and i thought today was was actually yesterday today or tomorrow is actually yesterday yesterday is gone anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's all yesterday's enterprise so let's go move on <laughs> uh so i also liked uh the the battle sequence was pretty good again uh not not like not amazing but not what i would expect for like a chapter one ending but still it was pretty good mm. um i don't know but... you know what's still <laughs> Still, the most powerful uh, thing in Star Trek when Riker looks at the battle, uh, the screen and then Locutus in the other side and he says "fire." That's one of the most <laughs> iconic really um, ending of an episode, and and um, by just starting a battle. And in this, when Lorca said "fire everything" or something, it, you can't, it didn't feel it. He's a good actor, and I'm, I'm with all due respect, he's, he's a really good. Uh, he's making up a really good character, but I just didn't really get the same sort of feeling. From, yeah, I from agree that line, like there, there's a, fire everything. There's actually, in general, and you know, again, this is probably this is obviously like more of a personal uh, proclivity that I have. But like, I expect my Star Trek to be more operatic in this, or, or dramatic in that sense. You know, like I expect to see like 
really like <laughs> yeah. like really kind of um, uh, just big Star Trek's supposed to be big and it just the, the show doesn't seem or feel big to me the universe feels no. small and I think uh, I think that's uh, definitely something that I don't know that I think part of that is that it's just set in a re- very restrictive time you know what I mean like even though the uh, show is stepping o- stepping on continuity here and there such as the dramatic change of the Klingons and like no adherence to the Klingon ship styles and things like that that are things that are certainly pissing off uh, a lot of people on in another in so they they disregard continuity in that way but in other ways they're very restricted because it does feel like the discovery is an isolated not be connected to the rest of Star Trek because we don't see that connection. We don't see the Enterprise. We don't see any other ships that are of note that should be around in this era. You know, like, I think it would have been neat to already have had a cameo by, you know, was a nice little reference in this episode to uh, uh, Cadet Deckard, who is quite possibly the same Deckard who we get in Star Trek the motion picture so oh really that was kind of uh, cool. I, I think I'm <laughs> yeah um in one of the scenes at the end uh when Burnham is walking through the uh corridors you hear in the background Cadet Deckard please report to the ready room huh it's like a little thing there so who knows it could be him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a... Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's cool. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) But again, that's... I think we've talked about it a couple of episodes before. It's like fan service. Yeah, it's definitely fan service. (laughs) And it also implies that it happened to the Discovery yet, because maybe... Well, again, it just depends on what you... The best is yet to come. Yeah, so... (laughs) Because if Cadet Deckard's serving on the Discovery, it means he lives to, uh, he at least lives to to go on to the Enterprise later on. <clears throat> but I always just assume that Deckard served on the Enterprise and he got promoted um, from the uh, from the ranks of the ship. But we'll see. Um, I, <laughs> I. I thought that I think it's kind of weird. Uh, one thing going back to a thing that I just remembered that I didn't like is why is the Discovery's logo on every single piece of technology uh, that they have? Like you would think these sensors that they have, they're going to put them on a ship to like, you know, to hide them somewhere. It's like what? Well, let's say that the Klingon ship didn't blow up, they would have discovered this and they would have been like, yo got sabotaged by the USS Discovery and then when they take it to court no uh, no way to prove <laughs> there's there's definitely like we definitely know this is not a section 31 ship because there's they're very they've got their logo on everything <laughs> it <was> well, <laughs> 31. No, no, but you remember the first I think it was the sec- second or the third episode when uh, Burnham gets to the Discovery and there's still 
there's no um, explanation for those blue badges. Ah, blue, the black badges. Oh yeah, no, no. no there's a lot of things like that, which actually we could we could touch on. But there's a lot of things that are just mysteries that were never solved, and I guess we'll touch on that in our. Yeah, that let's keep this in the season, season mid-season preview or something. Yeah, totally. <laughs> For tomorrow when we have Sean, when we actually have Sean on yeah. the episode, he can, he can, he can correct us. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else. Um, love the scenes between Stamets and Culbert. I thought last episode Stamets was off, like he didn't seem like um, himself, but in this episode, um, it was a lot more. A lot more what I would be like, you know, just more compassionate, concerned. Of course, that he has some problems, you know, with with uh, jumping that are that are happening to him physically, but not yeah. back to but not back to being grumpy and like you know belligerent <laughs> as he was before. No, I, I kind of like the balance between between him and Colbert. Um, this was really, I think it was delicately and nicely um, um, executed. So. I, I really enjoyed um, watching their relationship, and and not just that part. I mean, the whole um, the whole episode has some some interesting bonding between the characters, um, Saru and Burnham, um, in the really end of the battle scene um, when the um, sarcophagus ship destroyed. You know that look on um, Saru's and Burnham's face when they look to each other and okay, this is like we took revenge on Captain Georgia or something, and okay, this is something that we achieved together, or um, yeah, or or that that yeah, moment in nice. the engineering. It was, it was it was really. I mean, there was quite a few moments in 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 this episode in terms of the character bonding that I I really enjoyed and admired. Um, so that was really a nice. But the character uh, moments overall, uh, I think in in this episode and in, in the entire series was really cool. And I, that's that's one of the reasons why I I'm on a 60% like side in terms of discovery. So yeah, um yeah. That's pretty good. Too. Characters I definitely. I thought that like the last episode was a I'm kind of ignoring it because it took Saru in a direction that I thought was just not fitting or becoming of his character. So I kind of like that here he's back to normal, but I just didn't I didn't I didn't think it was a successful the way that the story was told in the in the previous episode um if you took out the um pavo episode it, it wouldn't make a difference i don't think like if you just like, you know what i mean like yeah it, that, it was, that was pretty, still one of the weirdest one <laughs> it was pretty yeah i'm still wrapping my head around that one exactly um it's like nothing nothing here basically <laughs> so my favorite thing I don't know if you'll be surprised by this, but I actually kind of love Lorca's deception. I think it's it's very intriguing. I always kind of knew it, and you know, this whole time Lorca's been spending a lot of time uh, gathering data on the mycelial network, and I think it's particularly interesting that um, he he had already a predetermined set of coordinates that he was going to. Um, he had this plan to jump to wherever they are like he's and maybe he doesn't know exactly where they are but he totally purposely pushed the discovery into an unknown place and i am very curious that's pretty much the one thing that intrigues me the most 
is uh, what is going on with Captain Lorca. And there are some interesting theories out there. Uh, one suggests that Captain Lorca is actually from um, a parallel universe, such as perhaps the Mirror Universe. And this whole time he's been trying to get back to that universe and that's where the development of the spore drive and everything came into effect so uh, another theory says that he's actually from the prime universe and has been in an alternate universe this whole time and is now trying to get back to the prime universe so we're obviously we don't know it's all very wild uh speculation but i'm excited to see what's going to happen what about you no absolutely i mean um okay so with lorca uh, it was an interesting um Roller coaster because at the beginning he was like kind of a jerk uh, to everyone, but he was really a strong character in terms of uh, captaincy and stuff. And um, I kind of liked him from the very beginning because of this um, double side of his um, his character. And and in this episode particularly, I when they had this little chat um, with uh, Stamets at the, in in his ready room, I was like, wow, finally he's he's showing his his uh, Starfleet self. So it's like a really cool um, cool transition from the um, from the war person to a really an interesting a scientist person. Like like okay, we're going into Captain Janeway or Captain Picard, not just necessarily a uh, Captain Lorca <laughs> right. who's just um, out there and just uh, fights, and the only um, goal he has is just to win the war. But at the really end, when he altered the course, I was like, "What oh, the son of a, you know?" It's like, why, why he did that? And um, he did it with a purpose. That's for sure. He didn't want to go back to Starfleet. That's for sure. And uh, I know there's one of there's quite a um, wide uh, spread uh, rumor about you know the ship ended up in the mirror universe because. Uh, they teased the mirror universe already. I would right. uh, disagree uh, with that because I would definitely disagree with that because mirror universe could be just like one episode. I don't think there's going to be a crossover uh, or something in the next um, episode. No, actually, I think Jonathan Frakes or, or somebody uh, let slip that there would be multiple mirror universe episodes. So I do think that maybe they're going to spend. And again, it would it would be befitting of the serial nature of the show. If they spent more time, and it would be different and unique because we've never done that before. The Mirror Universe episodes have always been like one-parters or two. Was the Enterprise one a one-parter or two-parter? Uh, Double-parter. So, yeah, like that's the most we've done is a two-part Mirror Universe episode. So, And as a matter of fact, I don't remember if the Deep Space Nine Mirror Universe was a... Uh- they didn't do double parter, but they but came they did back. Multiple, they went to it multiple yeah. times. That's right, with the intendant. Yeah. <laughs> which pro- Anyways, was good. Which was really the, good. Yeah, I think it would be interesting if they did. Maybe all of Chapter 2 is going to be in, or most of Chapter 2 will be in the Mirror Universe, or this alternate necessarily be the Mirror Universe, because I think... Um, or just make it even more interesting. It might be an alternative Mirror Universe. Alternate different dimensions universe. I mean, as long right. as we have Kelvin timeline and prime timeline, we can have um, Kelvin mirror well, and prime mirror and discovery mirror. <laughs> it's good to remember that even though the mirror universe is a specific alternative universe, it is an alternative universe. So either way, they're going to an alternate. It looks like they're going to an alternate universe or another. Universe. I have, but I do have a feeling about. Uh, Okay, I should have saved this for um, for the season discussion, but well, I do have could, a feeling. We could that, go into it more on that, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, just um, 
I, th I have a feeling they um, they're fooling us from the very beginning, and they actually um, they are in an alternative universe. I've been saying prime that. Prime universe, but it's an alternative dimension. I don't think it is uh, the prime. It's a prime universe, but it's not the same dimension. Same, same I think people and everything, I've... but nothing looks the same. So it has to be. Yeah. I've been very suspicious about Discovery since the beginning because um, something that one of the producers said is that they said the, um, uh, errors, they're very aware of them. And it makes sense because, like, I, I'm i not, like, you know, Star Trek fan that can tell you that can tell you every little detail and knows like all the facts but i know that there are super fans out there and i know that they would like there there's got to be like not all the writers are super fans and that's natural i mean you can't expect like every single writer to know every detail about star trek but i know that they have super fans on staff and so it, it just seems impossible to me that no one's mentioned to them these things and again the like the d7 battle cruiser that's like so intentional and so specific and it yeah, looks just like an iconic iconic ship as well, not just the Enterprise. The D7 right. is an iconic Klingon ship. And so to get it wrong, to me, it indicates that that's a purposeful, intentional thing. Like, you know, like they're doing it for a reason. And so I've been very suspicious about what timeline or universe or whatever you want to call it the show takes place in. I think it will end up in the prime timeline. I just don't think it started in the prime timeline or that it, or that it begins in the 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 universe that we know uh with kurt you know that we've been following originally yeah star trek's gotten very crazy like that um but but you know we'll see we'll see what pans out but i just have a i've had a suspicion about what you just said uh i've been thinking about that for a long time and a lot of people think i'm crazy but i have a feeling that i'll be redeemed <laughs> when the time is right i really hope I really hope. A lot of sense. I, I I think, honestly, it would make a lot of sense, and it would actually paint the show in a slightly different light. I mean, I would still have some of the problems with the uh, overall, the all the loose ends that are being left around. But I think that maybe, you know, if the show runs for a long time, they can revisit those things and and kind of tie them up. Um, you know, I, I'm glad you thought about that because I I've been thinking about it too. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, maybe all nine episodes of this chapter have been a setup, and now we're gonna get into the real meat of the of the story. Like maybe that's what we needed to like have chapter two make sense. You know, let's let's hope that that's what it's like. Mm. You feel like the show got somewhere. Like you feel like. Uh, do you feel like you've gone on this journey and do you feel like the impact of it with these characters or do you still feel like not do you feel any like do you feel well we know how you feel because you've said it but like I guess my thing is uh, for me personally like I don't feel a very strong attachment to any of the characters at this point and it's been nine episodes in and I wonder if that's like a failure of the show or if it's just that the characters are just not interesting what do you think Okay, let me put it this way. Um, every time when I... I remember um, the days when I started to watch Star Trek and uh, I was fascinated about it and I got to know the different crews and different series. I, I always got attachment to, to the people, uh, the characters. And um, with 
um, with the Orville, funny enough, to bring this in the picture as well, um, I I got really attached to the uh, to the characters and to the to people who actually play these characters. It's um, every there's no episode actually that I didn't have any um, strong emotion uh, emotional um, power that actually um, you know approached me and, and I was I was laughing a lot I was crying and in certain points um, after an episode or something and it was really interesting with Discovery I never ever felt the same never. I had I had watched episodes that I had like one or two giggles. Um, actually, in the in this last episode, I I was actually quite hyped at the very beginning when I watched was watching it um, because the tension was building up while they you know doing the, all these crazy um, jumps and and going on into the Klingon uh, ship and it was a really really well uh, spaced episode. But but still, when it's finished, it was just. Nothing. Still, I didn't get any emotional um, feedback from from the episode, which just struggles uh, and it bothers me because every time I watch a Star Trek episode, I get something out of it. And in this, in this, in the case of Discovery, I, I didn't have the same. Um, I didn't have the same feeling. Somehow, something is missing that something I don't know is, what. Something's is. missing, and we can definitely analyze it more on the chap the chapter one recap, I guess. But uh, just to to briefly piggyback off of the thought that you expressed for me i feel the same way but when i think about it like when i think about star trek discovery what always stands out in my mind is really just the first two the battle of the binary stars the first two episodes those were yeah pretty spectacular to me and like again i i keep desiring more stories about uh captain philippa giorgio and oh yes and that would, that would have made so. it. yeah <laughs> neat if they spent a little time um with more flashbacks you know uh to that, that time but i don't know there's a lot of things that i would have done but i'm not the writers for star trek and and you know i'm not saying that that i that i that i even have the talent or the capability to do what the writers do i have to give them you know my full um my full um trust uh, uh, bow, you know my full trust and full bow because they can even though they're not doing maybe what i think they're still doing a way better job than i think i might have been able to do so i have to say that you know it's a, it's a tough job being a writer and you know I, I, th I think, again, I, I kind of trust that things are intentional and that there's a reason for all this. And so we'll see what happens in, in chapter two. But at the, at the moment, I'm left a little baffled. I'm left like kind of like about what the future holds. Um, something that, you know, yeah. I thought was weird about this episode was the whole Tyler Voke, Laurel uh, sex flashback uh, yeah. torture thing uh, that was kind of new and uh, and and you know it's I get it that Laurel triggered this right but like why didn't we have Tyler suffering it would have been more impactful I think if Tyler somehow was suffering this the whole time that if they could have spent a little bit of time in previous episodes just hinting that he's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, but he seems completely you didn't, fine. You didn't even get that aspect of the character. You didn't even get that from from Tyler because if someone yeah. spent on a Klingon prison ship like seven, six months, um, six, seven months, um, 
you expect something like that happening all along UTNN to do your do your normal things and just Twitter. I mean and Hey. <laughs> Gary, you're breaking up. Gary, hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. There you hey. are. <laughs> yes. I think the gist of what you were saying is that you you it didn't fit. Like kind of thing oh. just kind of seemed too sudden, right? Yeah. To admit, although uh from the visual effects side and the makeup side uh, from the makeup side, it was it was really interesting to see uh, the Klingon makeup in its fully, let's say, glory. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's totally uh, alien at the moment, but it was really it was really nice to see the full makeup. Uh, I agree. It was interesting to see a, a, a Klingons engaged in carnal. Oh well, Klingon engaged in a carnal act. Now, one thing. Um, that uh, and you know we can ask Sean about this tomorrow, but um, he says that he doesn't think that the flashbacks of uh, of, um, of uh, like rape that that's more like Voke and uh, Laurel being lovers, and so that's an interesting take on it. Even though the way that he seems so traumatized, I can't help but think that like it was a violation, but you know, it's a very touchy subject. It was very interesting. And I thought that it was a cool, excuse me, with everything that's going on in our society, it was a, it was an interesting uh, conversation starter at the very least about, um, you know, sex and rape and, and torture and stuff like that. Yeah. So very, very weird. And we'll see where that pans out too. Cause obviously Laurel is aboard the ship. And so we are going to have more, uh, more scenes with her. I actually really liked Laurel. Um, and I think there's a lot of potential in that character. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how she develops, um, in the next chapter. Um, I have to kind of, say that we should probably wrap things up but before we do that let's uh talk about a couple of um are there any mysteries that you are intrigued by or that that you think uh are worth uh answering in chapter two um that didn't get answered maybe mysteries 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 um okay i think the one major mystery is um, Captain Lorca. Yeah, for me. I agree. That I, I, I definitely want to get an explanation for. Um, where is Discovery? But that's, again, that's kind of a hint um, towards second. Uh, that's, that's not really the big hint from the entire series. But Captain Lorca is definitely one of the biggest hints. Plus, the Tyler Laurel. 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 So the Tyler, Walk, uh, Laurel, um, the um, trio um, would be nice to get explained in in the second chapter. Plus well, it Lorca. looks like it looks like already season two or chapter two has the potential to be a lot tighter and a lot um, more interesting because just by the fact that they're in an alternate universe or wherever they are in an alternate dimension, the show is going to open up. Uh, a little bit I think and we'll have more time to explore maybe hopefully some of the things that we want from a Star Trek series like science and strange new worlds and new civilizations and uh, <laughs> things like that so yeah, things that we didn't get ever since the series started <laughs> let's give uh, let's give this episode a ranking I'll get started I think it's a solid uh, six 
I don't think it's uh, it's the best. He uh, more. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't deserve it's more. Not, it's not the one. Yeah, what about you? Uh, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll go with a five. Wow. <laughs> so we're going to average the episode rating to 5.5 then in that case. <laughs> so there you yeah. have it. And, and it's much better than the last episode, but still a bit underwhelming uh, for a... A, what was the what was the worst uh, rating for last time in the in the uh, for the last episode? I think last episode was uh, Humbert gave it a zero, Sean gave it a two, and I gave it a four. If I'm okay, not mistaken, okay, I think I was thinking about uh, two as well, just not to be you know too <laughs> too responsive, uh, <laughs> but um, I would go with uh, with Humbert. Oh, Sean says that he liked episode, this episode. Let me ask him what his rating is since he's online real quick. Let's get that ah. um, out of him. Uh, <laughs> let's see. This, this is a really interesting uh, dimension that we entered in. So Starfleet Brain Tracker Price has a... We <laughs> are still connecting with Sean as well. So even though he's not with us, he's with us. <laughs> and he's channeling through his voice. <laughs> Just like, fill up the guess. Why are you talking with him? <laughs> to, today, today's actually uh, his day off, and tomorrow is too. But I think he's spending time with his family today. So tomorrow was yeah, designated for us. So. But it's good because we'll get the episode recap. And I hope Gary that you'll be able to attend as well, and we'll talk more about scheduling offline. And I'll have to get my act together a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be here. I'm probably awesome. the same time as I I arrived today. So oh, yeah. wonderful. All right. Well, audience, uh, we would love to know what you thought of episode nine of um, and um, we would also love to hear some thoughts that you think that we should discuss uh, some ideas that we should discuss in the season uh, one or I should call it. Sorry, the chapter one recap, which we're going to do tomorrow. So everyone has 24 hours to (laughs) submit Uh, any questions for us. (laughs) I still, a bit of a I still short, short notice. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I still, no pressure gotten, <laughs> I still haven't gotten uh, Sean's rating, uh, so we'll probably have to update uh, everyone on that. But it, before we go, there's some really cool things that came out in Star Trek news. One thing that I want to talk about, there's a new movie with Dakota Fanning that looks oh. really exciting. So everyone go check out the trailer for Please Stand By, starring Dakota Fanning, uh, Tony Collette and Patton Oswalt, and it's about a young lady um, with autism who uh, is writing a script for a Star Trek TV show where Spock goes to Deep Space Nine, which is kind of actually, if you think about it, it's a pretty neat idea. I wish they actually did do that. And it can happen because, you know, Spock was still around, too. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, the other thing that was a little bit of a shocker and a little controversial is that Quentin Tarantino has expressed interest in uh, producing and, and directing possibly a uh, Star Trek film. And I just want to say... new J.J. movie, right? The Calvin movie, the fourth one. J.J. would probably produce it, but yeah. No, the fourth Calvin movie is happening, I think, with J.J. at the helm. But this would be a fifth movie or just a movie set in the, in the Calvin timeline directing and i think there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential there um so we'll see what happens 
All right, we still didn't hear. I bought Sean enough time, but we still didn't hear from <laughs> for his rating. Gary, even though I didn't get to see you for most of this episode, it was which is not important. Uh, I don't think that our fans really care about seeing our faces. They especially as long as they sitting on a, <laughs> in a podcast form. <laughs> I should say our audience. I'm very emphatic about saying audience, not fans. So our audience doesn't really care about seeing our faces. I don't think they are more interested in in uh, hearing uh, about uh, Star Trek Discovery. So hopefully we provided that service today. And uh, I <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to talking to you next time. Live long and prosper. And see live you long next and time. prosper. See you soon.